This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Today's guest menu simply looks like this. Charles Edmund will join us here on today's show. Uh, following Charles Edmund will be Coach Van Petaway. And then following Coach Van Petaway will be Brandon B.J. Jones. Now, Brandon B.J. Jones, we will talk some uh, HBCU football, Legacy Bowl, and Coach Pettaway, of course, will talk uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference basketball, a little bit of NBA and collegiate basketball. But here's simply what's trending on the Colos Brown show. Southern University Baseball dropped their opening game in the uh, Andre Dawson Baseball Classic, sponsored by Major League Baseball. The decision, 12-6. to 6. HBCU Legacy Bowl today at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the NFL Network. You have seven Southern University players uh, participating, but this is a, a football game that celebrates uh, HBCU student-athletes, football players, and gives them an opportunity to showcase themselves in front of the nation and then also uh, NFL scouts. I've been told that all 32 teams have representatives or scouts at uh, the ball game that's coming up again on the NFL Network, the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Southern University basketball. Last weekend, only one game, the women. Uh, they went 1-0. and zero. They defeated Grambling State 54-50. to 50. Oh, but the men lost to Grambling State in overtime 69-64 to 64 in the HBCU Classic. 
That's what's trending here on the Coles Brown Show. Going to introduce Charles Edmund uh, for you, who has kind of been on an assignment, absent, but back. Charles, good morning to you. Good morning. Glad to be back with you. I've, I've missed you the last few weeks. Hey, I appreciate it. I, I miss you as well. Charles, let's kind of get right into it. I, I, I'm going to talk about uh, Southern basketball, and then we'll incorporate uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference in the conference race. We'll, we'll add Coach Petaway at about 11.45 to the conversation. The last time that we talked, Southern University was trending upward in first place, Alcorn State, right behind, right behind Southern University. But since that time, Southern's trending downward. One and four in the last five games, another February, which we see the last three years, February has not been kind to Southern University. And it begs the question, you know, I said early on before the season started, what I looked for in Southern University men's basketball team was to, to make it to the tournament finals at least. Hoping that maybe a championship would happen. But nevertheless, Charles, they are trending in the wrong direction. And this is the third year in a row. Um, with the game last Saturday, 69-64 in overtime, just a couple of notes. No post presence for Southern University. And the crux of the matter is just simply this, Charles. If this team is hitting threes, they're a pretty good team, but they live by the three and they die by the three. And if uh, folks, if you watch Grambling State, they went inside, then they played outside. When they went into the post, it kind of collapsed things in and it gave opportunities for their shooters. And then also defensively, Grambling State really brought it. I was uh, not amazed, but I, I took note of how well they moved defensively to a spot and they were playing you know combinations of zone there but um charles the the coach woods era has shown us that this team starts off well in conference play january is fine but february is has not been good at all thus now you're heading into the swag basketball tournament charles and this team, once again, will be battling for third seed, perhaps the fourth seed. But it's interesting to see what happens the rest of the conference season. Yeah, I mean, you know, to your point about Southern University, I think what's probably maybe disgusting for Southern fans is the fact that it seemed like the downfall started against Alcorn in a win. If you remember that game, Southern had an 18-point lead. Braves cut it to three. Southern pulled away. We all know what happened, all the back and forth, you know, after the game and the chippiness. Then the next game they played, uh, Jackson State had a 25-point lead, and Jackson cut into that, even though Southern won that game. Then they go to Alabama and, and stumble. They get blown out by Texas Southern. Then they lose to uh, they lose to Grambling and Salt Lake City in the way that they they lost it. They battled. They were down. It looked like they were out, but they they the game was sitting overtime. I don't know. I mean, 
Rashawn Woods, I don't know if it's just a situation where his hard coaching wears on you as the season wears on. I mean, Landon Bussey's the same way, but I think Landon Bussey knows how to peel back just a little bit. And I don't know if that's kind of Sean Woods' MO, but, you know, over the course of a season, you know, it does wear and grind on you. I mean, this is a Southern team that had high expectations and they are fading a little bit. I mean, they're not going to win the regular season. Um, you know, I think for teams that are near the top of the conference, like, uh, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, you know, it's just a matter of playing your best basketball with one week left in the regular season. I mean, that's kind of where it is right now. Unless you're in, in the hunt, and there's only one team that's in the hunt, or two teams that's in the hunt to win the regular season, and that's all corn and grambling. I think everybody else is just not going to happen. Jackson State faded. Southern faded. I thought UAPB would be up there. They, are, they faded. I think they lost five in a row or something like that. So I think, you know, at this point, it's about trying to, you know, circle the wagons, get back to playing good basketball. And you're right, Southern is relying too much on the threes. You know, there's only a handful of teams in this league that have a decent post game. I think this team we're playing today is one of them. Yahoo's Rossus was a beast in the second half in the first meeting against us. All corn with Jeremiah Kendall and company. They have a solid post game. But if, if you're relying on a lot of perimeter shots, and, and I praise Southern because I thought it reminded me of the old Jaguars, the running, gunning Jags, but I think they had a, a fairly decent inside presence. And I did notice even against us, the inside presence wasn't there like it probably should have been. There were a couple of possessions in which they didn't finish around the basket, talking about Southern's bigs, just watching the Alcorn Southern game. So, yeah, to your point, you've got to be able – You've got to be able to get some easy stuff. You got to get high percentage shots. You got to get your mid-range or your mid-range game going. If you're relying on the threes, you're probably not going to get there. So Sean Woods has to figure it out and figure it out fast because the way they're dropping like a rock. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, from three to ten is a two and a half game separation between the three seed and the ten seed. So is Southern going to make the tournament? Probably, but are they going to be playing their best basketball going into the tournament? We'll see. Because if they're one and done, you know, the, the yells and screams from the Jaguar Nation that are already there, I'm assuming, is going to be even louder. And it's going to be starting with you, with Carlos Brown, because I know you're I know you're squirming right now. And I know the Jaguar Nation is considering that they were in first place. They beat us. They had the tiebreaker. And now they have fallen on hard times. And you got to figure it out. You got, you got 11 days to figure it out. If not, you're going to be one and done. And that and, – if you look at the tournament, Carlos, you know, regardless of where Southern is seated, it's going to be a tough matchup no matter. Bethune, UAPB, Prairie View, none of those games are going to be easy if you think you can get out of the first round. So, you know, Southern's got to figure it out. they got to figure it out fairly quickly, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all taking on a Texas Southern team that is desperate. Well, who does, who does Southern play today? I'm sorry. Uh, at Bethune-Cookman. That, mm-hmm. that that Florida trip is not easy. I just came off of it. It's not an easy trip, to say the least. Um, and Bethune-Cookman scrambling trying to make the tournament, too. And it's tough to beat them there. That's It's a small gym. It fits what they do. And when that band is going and they're packed in there, I'm sure it'll be a good crowd today. Southern better be ready, or else Reggie Theus is going to have something for them. So the Jaguars got to get it together right here, right now. If not, they're going to fade right off into the sunset in Birmingham. Yeah, and then you got FAMU uh, coming up Monday night. And, and look, a beautiful arena, but as of late, they're playing well. They had a big win in the state of Alabama in conference. And so, um, and it's interesting that one of the comments you talked about, 
you know, how fresh are the Jaguars? And then with Coach Petaway last week, he said around this time, the first second week in in February, you gotta gotta lay back off your team and kind of get those legs re re-energized and, and refreshed. And uh, you know, talking to a, a, a parent of one of the basketball players, Coach Woods, you know, his practices are continuously the same as they are in the beginning of the season and and, and fall camp. And so maybe that is is one of one of the factors. But ultimately, I go back to this again: you live by the three, you can die by the three. When those shots are going in, hey, they're a tough team to beat. You know, how is the ball movement? How is the bench play? You know, different multiple factors. So, so just maybe, maybe just maybe. Uh, the Jaguars maybe need to cut back a little bit and, uh, and, and practice this late in the season. But to your point, though, Coach Buss had all corn. I mean, he probably pulls back a little bit, but he's a tough-minded coach. So usually the, the team takes on the characteristics of, of the coach or coaches, including the staff. So it, it's very interesting. It's very intriguing. But, you know, what you look at the last three years, and specifically the last two years in February, the Jaguars, they go up against the wall. They hit the wall. So I think it's, it's multiple factors uh, in, in this situation. And, and, you know, this Saturday-Monday game, you're hoping that the Jaguars, what you talk about, getting a split on the road. In, in Southern's case, if they could get both games, that could help in going toward the tournament. Charles, you look at the last 10 games, or you look at the end of the season, how well the team is playing going into the tournament, then you wipe the slate clean. But I still stick by my statement. If Southern doesn't get to the uh, tournament championship, and you notice I didn't say win a championship, but get to the tournament championship, then I think you got to just – Take a look at the program, and, and Coach Banks will have to make a decision. Continue on, or do you look, in the famous way, move in another direction? You remember that? Former Southern yeah. Chancellor said that when uh, he he recommended that uh, Floyd Kerr, you no longer needed to serve as that Southern University. But I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens the rest the rest of the way. Well, you know, I was talking, you know, it's funny you should bring that up about practice time and backing off. I I mean, I was walking out of the gym yesterday and uh, Landon Bussey was just out there and we just had a general conversation, just talking about the team and where things are and where things stand and just having the right mentality and right attitude. And, he, and we talked about practice and he, and he looked at me and said, you know what, I have backed off a whole lot. Right now, we're only going hard probably an hour and 10 minutes. Now, that's down from what it probably was early in the season, obviously. You can't go hard for an hour and five, hour and ten minutes. Where are we? And so I think that's where that's where I think teams are all over the country right now. I mean, you got teams scrambling to make March Madness. You got teams scrambling to make the SWAC tournament. You got teams scrambling to win the regular season. And, and we're banged up. We've got a lot of guys banged up. Everybody's banged up right now. As Landon Bussey said, if you're not banged up, you're not going hard. I mean, he has said that time and again. Right. You should be banged up right now if you're going hard. 
But he said, look, we only go in an hour and 10 minutes. If you can't go hard for an hour and 10 minutes, where are you, man? Where, what, what are we doing here? So I think, you know, for maybe Coach Woods, I don't know if he, if that's the case or not, if, if he's backing off. He may feel the pressure of knowing, just like you've said, and I think other people feel like it's all or nothing here for where he is right now. He's got to make it happen. But do you do you push it so hard to do you push it so hard to the point of breaking it? And so I think for Sean Woods, he's got to make a decision. Do you go all push your chips all in and say, you know what, if we're out, we're out. We'll see what happens. Or knowing that this team has the potential to be a better team, but not at this point then what, what, what do you do? So I think it's, it's, he's kind of walking a fine line because the expectations are really high and they've underachieved at this point, but there's still time to, to circle the wagons and, and play well at the most important time, which is March. I mean, it's still not too late. You're not going to win the regular season, okay? Let's just call that what is not going to happen unless the Braves completely fall off the map. It's possible, but probably not. Um, but if you're playing a lot better in the next 11 days going to Birmingham, and string together three really good games. Southern, we know, can can get it done. But the question is, do they have that capability at that time? We'll see. But right now, it's a, it's a struggle for the Jaguars. Got to figure it out in Florida. You got two desperate teams, Cookman and Florida and them trying to make the tournament. Nothing's going to be handed to the Jaguars. Just like nothing's going to be handed to the Braves because we're in the same boat. Texas Southern and Preview trying to make the tournament. Texas Southern start out 0-5. And Landon Bussey said there could be a top five team when it's all said and done. And his prediction is right on point because right now Texas Southern's on pace to be a top five team despite the 0-5 start. So you got some desperate teams out there. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And we'll see, you know, if Southern can respond. We'll see if the Braves can respond. Well, you know, you, you look at it, you want to have a great start to a season. You want to end fast and strong. And then – in the middle of the season, I think you want to maintain. So what word would I describe? Consistency. And you can see the teams that have been consistent pretty much throughout the season as we get closer to the end. Alcorn State, Grambling State, others have been consistently inconsistent. Um, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. I, I, I wish I could be inside of – Coach Banks, the director of athletics at Southern University, inside his, his domain. What is he thinking? Maybe I should send him a text message and ask him, but I'm sure he won't answer, I'm sure he won't answer me. But, um, you know, I can only discuss and talk with uh, Southern fans and alone, and, and, and they're, they're not happy. And, and, and not based just on this season. But looking at, uh, as I stated earlier, the two previous seasons, you start off fast, but you don't end fast. So we shall see. Let's switch gears a little bit. Andre Dawson Classic going uh, on in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. FAMU uh, defeated Southern University 12 to 6. 12 runs on 15 hits and two errors. FAMU, Southern University, six runs on eight hits in one error right now as of now relief pitching seems to be not very good for southern university that's something they're gonna have to uh, to work on uh elsewhere in the andre dawson classic it was alabama state over grandma state 10 to 4 Alabama AM over Prairie View AM 13 to 1. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that should should i be charles alabama AM. Hey, 
a vastly improved, albeit early, early in the season. Jackson State bounces back and defeats UNO three to zero. They lost their home opener to a very outstanding Southeastern Louisiana baseball team, 19 uh, to zero. Uh, today's action, all games being played at different sites in New Orleans. It'll be Grambling State at 11 a.m. against Alabama A&M, which has started already. 2 p.m., FAMU versus UNO. At 3 p.m., Jackson State and Prairie View A&M. And then 7 p.m., Southern University and Alabama State. So we'll be interested to see if Southern University uh, can, can bounce back. And, and to that uh, FAMU and Southern game, FAMU jumped out to an early lead. Southern University comes back and tie it. And then when they go to the bullpen, both both teams, the runs start coming across the plate, home runs, and uh, Southern University drops a 12-6 to six decision. And then in softball play, fam, you defeat Southern 2-1. to one. So the orange and green had their way with the uh, Columbia blue and gold yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 kind of tough sledding if you're a Jaguar fan right now. Basketball team struggling, and you're talking about baseball. You know, I can't I can't say anything because I I just found out about 30 minutes ago that our team lost to Roosevelt College yesterday. Wait, Roosevelt, Roosevelt College, NAI. Yeah, Roosevelt wow. College, NAI school out of Chicago. You know they, you know they some a lot of times you see these teams in the Midwest and North come down south because of the weather. Um, I understand Roosevelt really took it to us. They had their hidden shoes on, and they and they didn't let up. It was it was talking smack about it. So we got we got to get it together. Um, you know, you, you talk about Alabama A and M. We we played A and M last last weekend, and that's a team that's going to be reckoned with. They're a team that talks. They're a team that that's prideful, and uh, they got a young head coach who can can really is really a reflection of that team. They're feisty. They're tough. Very vocal and animated. I mean, it's it's still early in the season. I mean, clearly right now, pitching is a struggle for a lot of our teams, um, as, as you talked about. But once you get into conference play here in a few weeks, you're going you're gonna to narrow that thing down because you're not going to have as many arms, even though you would like to. But what quality do you have? You always talk about quality and quantity. So, I mean, yeah, but the good thing is I, I like the baseball that we're playing in terms of, you know, the Urban Invitational in New Orleans, the uh, – the Cactus Jack thing down in Houston, I like that. I think that's good baseball for fans to participate in. And you get a kind of a, a good sense because of the rivalry games. You get a chance to see kind of what you got a little bit instead of, you know, just these one-sided deals. You know, Jackson had a tough day with Southeastern. I mean, Southeastern's pretty decent in baseball. And uh, I don't know if Very Omar good. Johnson didn't really start the home opener out like that. But uh, I, I think we got a lot of work to do in baseball still early yet. And I think over the next – 30 days or so once we get into March and then into April when the weather warms up, conference play heats up, I think you'll see a lot better baseball. But right now it's kind of like swag basketball in non-conference. You you see a lot of these things. Pitching is not there. You see a lot of these high-scoring games. And so I, I think we'll eventually settle in to some more respectable scores. I, I, I hope so. And, and, and I guess it, it's like when you kind of – you look at it in, at football – a lot of times the defense may be ahead of the, the offense. Well, in, in this case, in baseball, I think it is something that we'll look at continuously through the season, which teams, if they have not developed a um, an efficient uh, bullpen, 
how will they improve? Will they get better? Because I, I, I know right now it just seems once you have to go into the bullpen, albeit it's early, you just you're just not getting it. You're just not getting it. So those are things I guess we uh, we will look at. HBCU Legacy Bowl Year Two, a great opportunity uh, for uh, football players from predominantly black colleges and universities to showcase themselves not only in practice in this all-star all game, but also to the scouts. All 32 NFL teams are represented at this uh, all-star game that will be uh, on the NFL Network at 3 p.m. But Charles, it's, a, it's just a great opportunity uh, to showcase the skills and uh, it was successful last year and I'm sure this year will be successful. And, and hopefully there will be uh, some some athletes that will get drafted, and if not get drafted, at least get a chance to uh, catch on uh, in, in the NFL. But this is a great way for scouts to, to kind of get a whole week of, of watching them and practice habits and um, also get a chance to talk with them and interview with them to know the person as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, our good friend Rob Jay is going to be doing the, the radio call of it. Um, and I, I'm really happy for Rob. And, uh, you know, Coach McNair did it with him last year. I can't remember who's going to do it with him this year. Somebody, It's a different coach. This, this Coach Coach, coach T.C. Taylor is doing the color analyst. T.C. Taylor, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's he, he knows him well, of course, many times he's interviewed him. So I think that's a great combination just to, just to see the talent. Uh, you know, I was reading something the other day, you know, the NFL Combine in Indianapolis is coming up. And I was mm -hmm. reading an article the other day and how some NFL teams aren't sending people to the combine, like the Green Bay Packers, for example. That's, their general manager will be there, but the coaches won't be there. They're going to stay back and do some evaluation in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there will be a number of teams that's not at the combine. But to have all the representatives in the NFL be in New Orleans for this Legacy Bowl, I think that says a lot about the potential of the talent that's there. So I'm I'm glad that that's the case. You know, you got to appreciate Doug Williams and the job that he's done, as well as others, to, to make this happen. It's been showcased on the NFL Network. And so it, it, it's a great opportunity, um, especially with the XFL now starting. Um, you know, one of our players is, is, is there playing for the, for the XFL team. So there's opportunities, the NFL, CFL, XFL. Um, there are opportunities there, and these are the types of opportunities that you need to, to showcase what you have. So I hope this continues to grow. You got a little job fair prior to, a lot of one-on-one -on -one interview mm -hmm. sessions, a lot of good things prior to and, and after the game today. So it, it's a good opportunity for, for a lot of folks to, to showcase what they can do, and I'm glad of it, and I hope it continues, and, and hopefully it'll be a good showing by all of our players representing all of our SWAT schools today. Yeah, and, and pretty much when they can get a chance to see the work habits and, and practice, I think that goes a long way. Uh, Coach Dooley is is on the staff. Uh, let's see, Coach Trey Oliver is, is another coach. Um, boy, trying to think of uh, – now, I should know this, Charles. Um, the head football – Chinnisbury, head football coach at, at, <laughs> at Benedict. Um, all, all there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be tuned in. And, of course – as usual, I have a source that's been there all week. And he told me he was, a, I'm going to put a little pressure there. He was amazed at the, uh, the way Coach Dooley was drawing up offensive plays. 
doing practice. So where does that bring us for Southern football in the fall? It goes back to what everybody has been saying. <laughs> you got to have a trigger man. You got to have a trigger <laughs> man. And what did Southern do? They went and low. Coach Dooley, it is all right. I admit <laughs> sometimes being stubborn. I admit being wrong all the time, Charles, when I'm not blaming it on you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It really is. That Turn the page on that. Now the quarterback room, and I'm also hearing, uh, like everyone else in college football, they're getting ready for the spring. And, Charles, it's an all-year, around-the-clock training now. So it's going to be interesting to see how each team gets ready for the spring season. Charles, we're not going to have our too early. Who's on the hot seat? Who has the most pressure? I won't get into that with you. But I will, <laughs> I will say this. You've got to come out and be able to offensively be better. You got to have a complete team defensively and offensively. And that's what people are going to look at. It has been now a situation where there's no honeymoon period, nowhere. You got to win. And I'm not saying that's the right way or the right attitude, but now it's, it's a lot of pressure to do well and do well quickly. Because I don't think you have five years like traditionally you have. Uh, you've said it. You get. You should get five years to build. My colleague said that. You need to get five years to build a program. And some will agree with that. But the reality is you don't have five years. Two to three years. And, I, and I'm being very generous with that third year. <laughs> But you got to make yeah. progress. You, you got to make progress. And if you've been at a program five or six years, there's no excuse. There's no excuses. So we'll see which coaches will uh, have somewhat pressure on them going into uh, spring, into the fall season. Basketball-wise, there's pressure as well for some coaches. We, we will see, Charles. Don't you love it? It's a lot of pressure oh, yeah. being an AD. And um, uh, running a program. Well, I, I, I will say, Carlos, you and I, all corner Southern, are probably in the same boat. You got two. You got two offenses that that desperately need a quarterback. Two offenses that underachieved last year. Um, you know, we had Aaron Allen to start, got hurt. We had a quarterback transfer. We we're down our fourth string, kind of like the 49ers in the championship game, down our fourth string quarterback. You know, you you guys, you know, back and forth there. So we're we're kind of in the same boat. Our fan base, Jaguar Nation, desperate to get back to playing good football and being in contention. I mean, Southern was in contention for a moment. We were in contention for a hot second. So I think both of our fan bases are are, are stewing and chomping at the bit, ready to see what the spring's gonna look like. Because it is it is big, I think, for for both programs. I mean, the way even though Southern won the West. I think people aren't exactly pleased with how that ended against Jackson State. So I think it's almost like a wash. Of course, we didn't get there. We played Jackson tough, but that was about it. And our defense is going to be pretty good. We hired a couple of defensive uh, coaches this week, and I'll be interviewing them both, one today and one on Monday, just talking about the defensive line and the secondary. So 
Hey, there's moving pieces all over the lot. I will, though, make a couple of exceptions in terms of pressure. I think there are a couple of programs, maybe three right now, that probably aren't. Bethune-Cookman, I would say. I would say UAPB, another. They just hired a coach. Mississippi Valley, another. I think those three you can kind of step back and take a little bit of pressure off of because if you're hired in January, you're way behind the eight ball. You're hired in February, you're way behind the eight ball. So I, I will put a little bit of an exception for those three programs, but for the rest, there's pressure at Texas Southern with with Mr. Body and what and what what that's going to look like. You know, Hugh Jackson at Grambling with the with the new Adidas deal and all that other stuff. There's pressure there. So there are some exceptions, but for the most part, yes, teams have to do better. Teams have to play better. Teams have to win at a higher level in most cases than what we saw in 2022. Well, actually, Charles, I'm going to agree with the, uh, the three exceptions. I can't believe it. I was looking, <laughs> I was looking to see if there was uh, somewhere where I can uh, disagree, but <laughs> but, but but I can't. And, and even T.C. Taylor coming behind Coach Sanders, but at least being on the staff, it's going to be interesting to see. Things look from the outside looking in. Everything looks like it hasn't missed, missed a beat until you actually get on the field and play. And looking at their opening part of their schedule, going to be tough. Going to be tough. We're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, it'll be more of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Very shortly, we will uh, add uh, Coach Petaway to the conversation. And, Charles, uh, one topic that we're going to talk about with Coach Petaway and kind of put this on your mind is the term load management. And they've been talking about that in the NBA, um, specifically a, a, a lot of stars slash players, you know, not playing a lot, you know, missing games. And quite simply, when you look in the 80s and the 90s, players played, I think, a lot more games. And I, I think they were more mentally and physically tough or tougher than the present generation. But we'll see. We'll break that down. And um, Coach Petaway will give his thoughts on that. Load management. I personally think that the players now are not as tough physically and mentally, although, albeit, and it's debatable, they may be more talented or of equal talent, but we shall see. We will take a break. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3C. We this motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, hey, this for my people that don't get to see me. Trying to remind you who you are, just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people when this classic Bible teaching. Hey, 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 hey. 
salvation. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. It's like a loot machine. Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories 
officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. It's like a loop machine. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Of course, I'm Carlos Brown, and we're going to add to the conversation Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M and the Carlos Brown Show's basketball analyst. And Charles Epplett returns back with us as we get ready to discuss uh, some more a Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, basketball uh, for Southern University. Quite simply, last weekend the men went zero and one. They lost sixty nine to sixty four in overtime in the HBCU All Star Classic in Salt Lake City. Uh, Southern University's women uh, went up the short trip. Well, actually, it's a three or four hour trip to North Louisiana and Grambling State University. And uh, they defeated uh, Grambling State 54 to 50. Leading the way for Southern basketball, Raven White, 15 points and four boards. And Aaliyah Fontenelle, 12 points, four boards. The Lady Jaguars shot 46% from the field, three points behind the arc and the free throw, each 44%. Uh, for the men's basketball team, and I'll get the panelists to kind of discuss that ball game again, 69 to 64 in overtime. Let's see, we'll bring Coach Petaway and Charles Edmund back up if we can. There we go. Good morning, Coach Petaway. It's still morning. Welcome back, Charles. Welcome, Coach Petaway. Uh, good morning. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Now, me and Charles <laughs> will we'll, we'll kind of debate at times, agree to disagree. 
Coach Penaway, uh, were you able to uh, view the Southern Grambling State uh, basketball game this past? Yes, or this yes. Last I, I, I watched the game. Yes, okay. yes, I did. Uh, I thought it was a great atmosphere. I thought it was great what the NBA is doing for the HBCUs. Uh, I, I'm glad they have already made a decision to con to uh, continue to uh, uh, carry this game. And it was a great ball game. I mean, you know, SWAC basketball was on display. And I think that both institutions, uh, uh, they, they conducted themselves and they showed a great product on the floor. Now, when it comes to the outcome of the game, I know the Jaguar Nation is up in arms about that because, you know, you don't like losing the grambling in anything. So, uh, I, but but when, when, when you look at it, uh, your Southern Jaguars, uh, they only shot 30% for the game, 309 for the entire game, 34% from three. Uh, uh -huh. and, and, and then uh, only 50% from the free throw line. So when you're shooting that poor, uh, you're lucky that the, that the final score was that close. So I, th mm -hmm. I thought they did a good job of uh, of playing defense, even though the, they, the shots were not falling on the offensive end. And then in the overtime, I think they just ran out of gas. They they just didn't have anything left, and that's why they couldn't get get any points on the board in, in the overtime. I could talk about the altitude, but I won't because both teams had to both play teams. in that altitude. Right. 21 of 68, 30% coach. I, I, I'm going to fuss a little bit, but maybe you can keep me on task here. You live by the three and the die by the three. Now, me and Charles was talking about, and he based his comments when Southern Alcorn played earlier this season. When that team is hitting their threes, they're totally different. But when they're not hitting them, we kind of receive the results. And to your point, yeah, they're, it's remarkable that they were even that close because 50% from the free throw line, that's 12 possible points there. Let's say if you do a little bit better, hit eight out of 12. That's right. still some more points. Also, no, I'm just going by my notes, Coach. And look, you tell me if I'm wrong. No, to me, no post present, and not just this game, but I, I've just noticed pretty much for the season. They live by the three, they die by the three. If that three point shooting is not going, they're a totally different team. No post presence. Well, let, me, let me tell you how I look. Let me tell you how I look at that as a coach. Okay. We as coaches, we learn we learn to adapt to our personnel. Now, if 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 Southern is not using, uh, utilizing their post players on the offensive end, that's because in practice, in preseason, and being with those kids every day, they have figured out that they are not going to be able to be as successful by just having a dominant post game. So, when they look at everything, their their perimeter players are the strength of the team. So Southern is playing to their strength. Now, with okay. that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to shoot the three every time. You can try to drive the basketball. But is that the skill set of the athletes that you have? See, as a fan, a fan doesn't understand that. You, you, you've got to make adjustments according to the, your personnel. You know, you, you, uh, a lot of teams, uh, a lot of programs that are not successful, 
they're not successful because they try to run a system and mm. you don't have the personnel to run that system. So you got coaches that are being hard-headed and ornery. They want to stay with their system instead of adjusting to their personnel. So now I'm not at Southern's practice every day, but if you pick up the stat sheet and you see that they're not getting production in the paint, this is the end of the season. That staff has found out that they don't have what they need in the paint to be effective in the squat and that their perimeter game is what's going to carry them. And that's 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 mm. what they've been doing. They've been playing with the perimeter game because that's the strength of the of the team. Now that's how I see it, because every coach wants to win, and you're gonna win with your best personnel. I like up tempo. I like to shoot the jump shot. But if 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 I find out that my team can't shoot jump shots, I'm gonna find a post game, or or I'm gonna have a combination of both. That mm-hmm. will help me try to be successful. Now they drove the basketball. They missed some. They missed what we call bunnies. Now they missed a lot of bunnies now down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the shots were there. They were just not falling. And when you go look at the entire uh, the entire season, they have not had a dominant post game because the coaching staff feels like that is not in their best interest. That's the way I see it as a coach. Oh, that's why you're on this show. You are a coach. And Charles, that no, no, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily that, mean that I'm right. That's my opinion now. Mm-hmm. Right. That that that's the way that's the way I see it. And and that's the way I see it as Van Petaway, the coach. Well, because well, if coach, I picked up that scout report, if I pick mm-hmm. if I did a scout report on Southern, I know in order to beat them, I gotta I gotta slow those guards down. I got to slow those guards down in order to <clears throat> to have a shot at beating Southern. I got to keep Southern out of transition because they like to push the basketball. I need to force Southern into turnovers. So I got to pick parts of their offense that we mm-hmm. are going to attack as a team to make them turn the ball over or put them in bad situations. Their top scores are not going to hurt us. I want their... I want the, the the number four, number five, number six score. I want them to carry the team that night. That's just that's just me and a scouting report that I will come up against with some. And I think Grambling State had the same game plan because I because I said early in the show, Charles, you remember when I said Grambling State defensively played outstanding and. I was impressed by the way they moved their feet. I mean, Southern, they couldn't do anything but, to me, shoot from the perimeter. And they and they were not successful. And uh, I, I know, like, in the NBA, we hear the, uh, the pundits say, well, you've got to work inside out, but your explanation makes sense, Coach. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you you look at this Southern basketball team. I I stated it that they had no post presence. You stated that the coaches basically know that, and the strength of their play is, is the guards. So with that being said, Charles, again, when those shots are not falling, if they're missing those little shots in the in the little three foot square close to the basket, 
and you go up against a team that defensively is pretty good, and Coach Petaway <laughs> just gave the scouting report, makes sense to me. Well, well, to me, you have three levels. You have a post game, you have a perimeter game, you also have a mid-range game. Right. And you've got to figure out, as a coach. Hadn't seen it. Hadn't seen the mid-range. Yeah. Hadn't seen the post. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I only see the perimeter. But. <laughs> right. You, you, and, 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 and so at this point, coach, I think with a couple of weeks, well, with one week left in the regular season, the tournament starts in 11 days. At this point, as a coach, you're struggling right now. You've hit the wall. You're not going to win the regular season. High expectations. It's been a disappointment to say the least, unless you win the tournament or as Carlos predicts, you know, maybe get to the championship game. If you're Sean Woods, what do you do? Do you tinker? Do you tweak? Do you overhaul? I mean, at, at this point, you got one week left in the regular season. How do you how do you circle the wagons and get it as a coach? Your team is struggling right now. You're pushing them hard. Um, and I, I, I mentioned this before we came on. Landon Bussey talked about it to me yesterday. He said, you know, I mean, you're talking about mentality of your team. He said, you know, I'm only, I'm only expecting an hour and 10 minutes out of them at this point. I'm not even practicing nearly as hard as I was two months ago. If they can't give me an hour and 10 minutes, what are, what are we doing? So I don't know if it's the player's not giving it. I don't know if it's Coach Woods pushing it too hard. I don't know where that is. But at this point, as a coach, a week left in the regular season, your goal of winning the regular season, that's out. Most likely you're going to make the tournament unless you just fall completely off the wagon. Um, what do you do to try to get the team back? Because at this point you're struggling and you're trying to still figure things out. Right. Well, one of, one of the goals coming into the season as a coach, I would say I want to win my conference championship. I want to turn, win the tournament. Well, fellas, at this point, it looks like we're not going to win that first one. We're not going to win that conference championship. But we still have an opportunity to win the tournament. Now, in order for us to win the tournament, we got to tweak some things. We don't have, we're not going to change too much. We can't mm -hmm. overhaul this late in the season. We're going to tweak. And by that, I'm saying, let's look at the film and see what we have done well. Let's, let's work on the things that we have done well. The things that we have done the worst with, let's see if we can improve upon those. And we're going to do that by, first thing we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to do more work in the lab in other words we're going to be in the classroom okay we're going to get off our legs we're going to take shots we're going to do shots every day we're going to walk through the stuff that we need to work on we we, we got to give our legs rest i want you to have i want you to be well rested going into this tournament this last week of the season first and then as we lead up into the tournament we're going to be rested fellas because we're going to give it our all we missed out on our first goal let's get the second goal if we win the tournament, gentlemen, our fans forget all about us losing the regular season because you still you you going to the playoffs. So so let's let's recommit ourselves right now to to right the ship and let's let's move forward. And I'm gonna do my part by stepping back on my practices. We're not well. If it was my team, we wouldn't have been. We just like we're just like your coach, Coach Bussett. At this point of the season, I will not be in the gym two hours a day. There is no way because you're wearing those kids out. Uh, right now, they need recovery more than they need anything because you've played this many games. 
You have gone through everything in your playbook. You know what works, what does not work. You know what to call, what not to call. You've seen every team. Well, some of them we get we get ready to see them for the second time. But at the end of the day, when 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 at the end of the week, we would have seen every team that, that's in on, on our schedule. Now let's go back and figure out the seeding. Who do we who do we have first? What did we do against this team? What worked well against this team? Those are the kind of things that I will be discussing with my ball club right now. My, I wouldn't lose. This team would not be lost for the year. Southern's team is too talented. They they got the pieces. They just gotta find. They just gotta find out the things that they do well. They gotta continue to do those. The 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 things that they struggle at the most. They got to improve on some of that, especially on the defensive end. But offensively. They got to go to the people that have been carrying them the entire year and hope that some of the other guys will step up. Next man up. If a guy's in foul trouble, if a guy gets hurt, next man has to be ready to go. And that's the mentality we got to have going down the stretch. So it's more of a mental game this time of the year, gentlemen. You, you, you got to dig in deep with your team and mentally keep these kids uh, focused for two more weeks. That's what you're looking at. You're telling them, fellas, all we got left is two two weeks to go to the big dance. We we got an opportunity to do something that some of you all may never get another opportunity to do. So let's refocus. Let's recalibrate. Let's be ready to go down the stretch. Well, that's exactly, Coach, what Landon Bussey just said to me yesterday. He said, you know what, we only got two more weeks left. Hey, well, I mean, I mean, he said the exact same thing. We only got a handful of games left. Why not do this thing? I mean, and so when you when you look at the Braves, they played their the most complete game last Saturday against Jackson State. We had just been scraping by against the UAPBs, against the FAMUs and the Bethune Cookmans oh, and the Texas Southerns and the Prairie Views. And 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 but he also sent a message like what prior to Jackson State, what we have been doing and just getting by is not sustainable. Is not going to get you to where you want to be. At some point, the law of averages catches you, and you're going to lose one of those games that you that you pulled out of out of the ashes. And it's going to be at a time in which it's the worst time, which is in the SWAC tournament. And unless you win the regular season, your season is over. So he's very much aware of that. But yeah, I mean, you only got a handful of games left, and so at this point, it's just a matter of just fine tuning some things for the Braves, for Southern University, as you mentioned. You can't you can't overhaul it, but I think it's maybe with Southern Carlos, it may be more of a mental situation, the mentality. You know, the Sean Woods need to back off. Uh, you know, but as a coach, I'm sure there's that tough balance. Like you're struggling, there's pressure. The balance of backing off as compared to going full tilt at this point, to me, it seems like it's a it, it's a tough deal for some coaches, and maybe for Sean Woods because he's always full tilt. It's hard to back down when you're full tilt all the time. And you know, Carlos, I know, you know, Coach Pettaway knows. Coach Pettaway was the same way. He was full right. tilt. Right. That, that, that's what I'm saying, Charles. Now, as a full tilt coach, I still trusted my players. I listened to mm -hmm. my players. Like, okay, my committee, my my my, my committee, my, my, my senior, my junior, my, my committee, that's their job to tell me, hey, coach, uh, these guys are a little tired. We, 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 we need to back off a little bit. I listen. That's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You have to trust your players. You, you, want, you want the type of relationship where your player, if they can't talk to you, they better be able to talk to one of them assistants. And if they mm -hmm. tell the assistants the same thing, now you as a leader, 
you got to understand that and, and, and respect that. And then you back off, man. You you got to – the game, yes, it's a physical game, but in a basketball season playing 30 games, that's a grind, man, on the, on the kids' bodies and minds. You know, a, a – you know, coming up, we didn't we didn't focus on the mind game as much as we should have back in the day. You know, it's more prevalent now because uh, people are discussing it more. But mentally, mm-hmm. these kids are drained, man. You know, they don't want to they don't want to lose at home and then have to walk around on campus and go to class. You know, with with their with their uh, classmates. You know, talking about them and stuff like that. It's a mental grind on these kids and. As coaches, we have to be aware of that, man, and we have to make sure that we make the adjustments. The coaches have to make the adjustment to make sure that the kids are mentally where they need to be, physically where they need to be. You cannot have them kids practicing two and a half hours this late in the season. I don't give a dog on what team it is. That's not that's not smart. That is mm-hmm. not smart, man. You, you, you got to give the kids an opportunity to recover and playing twice a week. I mean, playing uh, on a Saturday and a, and a Monday, there's not too much recovery time in between those games. So when, when that, when, when Tuesday rolls around, you got to give those kids some time off, not only that Tuesday, but the rest of the week during your practice schedule, you need to make those adjustments, man, to have that team yeah. to, to get the maximum effort from your team. If you, and, if and the you, other part, the other part, Carlos, real quick about the schedule. The schedule changes now. You know, this is the right. end of the Saturday Monday after this week. You got Thursday Saturday, and then you go That's to Birmingham. Right. So now you got to make another adjustment in terms of what you got to do. I mean, Southern's coming back from Florida Tuesday. You come back and you play Thursday Saturday. That, that's tough. We're playing at home, but then we go to Valley and Pine Bluff. That's tough. So now it changes again because now your normal schedule has just been altered. Thursday, Saturday. Now I think uh, one of the teams, a couple of teams are playing their rival, their travel partner. That's it. I think, you know, you only got three games left for some teams. But the schedule changes now. So you got injuries, you got issues, you're not playing well, and now the schedule's compressed just a little bit. So now you got to add that dynamic to it. That's even more of a challenge for all these coaches. And, and I'm listening to everything that is being said, and and I expand it out. And we talk specifically, if you just tune in, about Southern University, one and four in their last five games. Last year, February, uh, took a downward trend. And then the year before, so we're having a discussion and theories on why is that the case. We're not just talking about this year. But last year and the year before, in February, January has been and Southern has started out well in at least two of the last three years and led the conference for the majority of the way. But once February hit, Southern started trending downward. And what is the reason? So that's kind of some of the things that we're discussing uh, right here for Southern University. Uh, Coach and Charles, I want to make it clear now the, the, uh, the things that I'm talking about, this is for all the teams in the swag. This is not just for Southern. Now, I'm saying right. as a coach, 
this this is how I will be I will be backing down to make to ensure that physically and mentally my kids are ready to go. So now, no, I understand. Uh, yeah, okay. I just want to make sure that I'm clear with that. Okay, right, right. I, I understand. And again, it's just amazing to me. If if it was just this year, you can say where well, it was this factor or that factor or multiple factors. But when you're looking at two, three years in a row in February, I think it's something maybe they have to to, to, to look at and, and find out the reason and do a diagnostic test, I guess, to find out why. And and they don't have a lot of time left before the regular season's over. I understand that. And then the tournament time. If they get to the tournament championship, you won't hear you won't hear a peep out of me, Coach and Charles. You won't hear a peep out of me. But that's just me. I don't want to speak for myself. There, there is frustration at why this continues to happen. But we will see. We will see. In in the conference uh, today, Saturday, February twenty fifth. Um, let's kind of look at the schedule: Southern and Bethune Cookman, uh, Grambling State at FAMU. Prairie View and at Alcorn, Texas Southern at Jackson State, Alabama and M at Alabama State. Grandma State at FAMU, of course. FAMU, oh, excuse me, all Grandma State and Southern University are travel partners now. FAMU is a team that has been playing well of late. And Grandma State presently sitting at number two in the conference on the men's side, but both of these games, uh, both games are men and women. Guys, talk about FAMU and and, and their surgeons of, of late. Well, I got a chance to see them first. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> man, that is I, – I even told Coach after the game, I said, man, I've never seen a team that has only won five games play as hard as this team just played. I, I said, I don't know – I don't know what uh, – what what got into them but they've been on a roll because they'd already beaten alabama state and i'm gonna tell you man they moved the basketball they shared the basketball uh defensively i've never seen that many blocks in one game uh against alabama and i want to say they blocked nine shots i mean everything and them tried to put up uh you know they they were sending it back out uh i think one of the things that coach told me was that he had nine new people on that team. And out of his returning players, they did not have significant roles the year before. And so they didn't they did not take ownership to the team. In other words, his returning players, they they were not leading, they were not the leaders that he expected them to be in terms of making sure that the new players understood the culture that they'd already established there. And so he said it's taken the whole season for some of the new people to understand what uh, Coach McCullum has already uh, done at, at, at uh, Florida A&M. And so he was real. He was, of course, he was happy after the win, but he was saying that it, this has been a long season. And, and the reason for that is because of the nine new people. You know, he used the portal, went heavy portal, brought in all these kids, and uh, they just didn't jail early. But they're getting it now. And what 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 better time to start jailing uh, eleven days before the tournament? So they you know they've got to win some more just to get in the tournament. But what they can end up doing, man, they can make it real tough on these mm -hmm. leaders now. 
because you know Grambling and Alcorn have both got to come through there, uh, got to go through Florida. So it, they're making it tough on people. They started with the Alabama schools, and, and now they're going to be looking at Grambling and and and, uh, and Alcorn. So it, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, Grambling and Southern. I'm sorry. Well, and, and if we look, uh, Charles, at let's let's go to the women's uh, of the women's basketball standing of course jackson state on a 10-game winning streak we all are in agreement that they're number one case shut that's it but now interesting coming in at number two we got two teams tied to alabama schools alabama state 11 and 4 14 and 12 overall on a five-game winning streak alabama and them 11 and 4 13 12 overall on a two-game winning streak then prairie view 10 and 5, 13 and 13 overall on a three game winning streak. Southern University, half game back, 9 and 5, 12 and 13 overall, three game winning streak. Now, Bethune Cookman, 9 and 6 in conference on a three game losing streak. Arkansas Pine Bluff comes in at 8 and 7. They're on a one game winning streak. Alcorn, right there, 6 and 8 on a one game losing streak. Grambling State, Tied with uh, Alcorn six and eight, they're on a two-game losing streak. FAMU three and twelve, five-game losing streak. Texas Southern, wow, two and thirteen. It's just been a tough year. That's all you can say. There's always next year. There's always next year. Um, and then Mississippi Valley State zero and fifteen on the eighteen-game losing streak. Charles, Coach Petaway, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Prairie View and them, Southern and uh, Bethune, Cookman and Arkansas Pine Bluff playing for seeding. Who wins that? Who comes in to run up in the regular season on the women's side? Well, Will it be Alabama State, well, me, Alabama and them, or PV? Well, to me, if if A and M women can win in Montgomery today, I think they I think they'll be the favorite because uh, you know they have to. Yes, they got to close out with Grambling and Southern. But I think they'll have so much confidence going on the road. If they can win in Montgomery, I think that they'll be able to take it. Could be the game of the week on the women's side, correct? It is. In my opinion, it is the game of the week. I understand, Charles. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Bama State. You know, as much as I like Alabama A&M, I think Bama State in their post is the one team that can probably match up with Jackson State in terms of their post game. I saw Jackson State last week and they're just a tough, they're a better overall team to me than they've been in the past. You know, it, it, it was uh, Williams Holiday and everybody else over the last few years, but they have, they've got a 6'6", a 6'5", and a 6'4", in the post that you've got to defend. So that's what we're talking about Jackson State. If there's a team that maybe has the athleticism and maybe can, can nudge them off their spot in the post in terms of quantity i think it's alabama state so I'm, I'm gonna go with bama state they're just so frenetic in terms of their pace of play they want to get up and down i mean they're just kind of all over the place but i think that makes them a tougher team to defend and if they if they get if they get the perimeter scoring as well as the inside game i think they could be a tough team to match up with for that two seats so I'm, I'm i'm gonna go a little bit with bama state but i do think it's an evenly matched game between bama state and uh, alabama and l who wins the fourth seed? Who's going to be the fourth seed and the fifth seed on the women's side? 
Anyone can well, take I a think, shot at that one. Well, I think if 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 if, if your women, if Southern's women can go in, in Florida and win with the schedule in your favor, I, I think they they got a, the best chance of getting it. Because uh, aren't you all at home for the last two? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, um, this is the Alabama schools. No, no, not no, mistaken. No. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You got, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Alabama schools on the road, they come to Southern and Grambling. So see the schedule's in your favor. That's why this trip, this trip to Florida is very important for Coach Funches and his ladies. The Lady J. Well, 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 Coach, with that being said, I think the Bethune, well, you can't overlook anybody, but it's important. And uh, they'll be on, I think, on HBCU Go TV uh, very shortly. The game, the game today is the toughest out of this Florida road swing. Not to discount FAMU, but Southern has to have that game, that game, this game today. And well, that's, we shall this see fourth seed. I'll say this: Today's game against Bethune Cookman is going to be tough. Be you tough. got one of the best yeah. scores. You got one of the best scores in the league. And our coach Nate Kilburn said Wilson, uh, Chanel Wilson, who plays for Bethune Cookman, could be playing at the next level. She's a volume scorer. Wow. If she gets hers, I don't know if Southern has enough offense to be able to. If if if, if Cookman scores in the 60s or more, they're going to win the game. Southern's going to have to bring either their defense or they're going to have to bring their shooting shoes on in order to win that game. And that's a tough place to play as well, as I can attest to, because I was there a couple of weeks ago. That's a tough place to play. And if they're on, and if they're scoring, they're flying around, Southern's defense is going to have to grind them to a halt to create turnovers, something that, that hurt us when we went to Baton Rouge. But that's going to be a tough game uh, for Southern today. If, if, if they want to be in that middle part of the bracket, they're going to have to get they're going to have to get one of the games. If, if you split on the road, you're okay, because I, I feel like Southern yeah. can get both teams at home. But this one's going to be tough. And I think even even though FAMU, they're not going to make the tournament. Um, you know, they're 3-12. and 12. Right now they're, what, three and a half games out. They're not going to make it. But still, you know, they're going to play hard. They're going to play hard. You can't take them lightly. So I, I think this this is the one that – this is going to be the tough one of the Florida swing playing uh, Cookman today. I would agree. And I got a chance to see Wilson. Very good transferring in from Indiana. You know what? She's going to get hers. I would just make it as difficult as I could. And don't let anybody else, Coach Petaway, come out and have a great day. Yeah, just you're not going to stop her, but make it hard on her. But please, please just don't let anybody else have an All-American game. But I agree with you, Charles. This one is the tougher of the two. Um, on the men's side, Alcorn State on a six-game winning streak, 12-2 and in conference play. Grandma State, and albeit a sign of a good team, Alcorn, man, how many three two-point victories they've had lately, it, it, except for the Jackson State game. Tough. They take that's on the after play. Right. Where it's, it, it's yep, impactful, it's tight. And then Grandma State. Uh, 11 and three in conference on a five game winning streak. Now it's debatable. I could throw a little shot in there and say Grandma State, albeit their number two, took a little poll, unscientific. A lot of people still think that Grandma State's the better of the two. 
but that's debatable. Then Southern, nine and five on a two-game losing streak, one and four in the last five games. Jackson State, right behind the Jaguars, eight and six. Alabama AM, eight and seven. Texas Southern, seven and eight. Like we talked about uh, Alabama AM and Alabama State Bethune Cookman, Texas Southern is dangerous on a three game winning streak. Wouldn't want to see them in the first round. Prairie View AM, seven and eight. Pine Bluff, right. six and nine. Bethune Cookman, six and nine. Alabama State, six and nine. Uh, FAMU, five and ten. Very nut. Another dangerous team. If they make the playoffs or make the tournament, wouldn't want to see them as well. And then Mississippi Valley State, uh, three and twelve on a two-game losing streak. All corner Grambling State, debatable guys. Who's number one? If you had to rank them right now, out of all corner state, Grambling State. <laughs> you gonna ask me that? What? <laughs> well, 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 you'll be set. I, well, I mean, I, I, I think overall, if you look at overall record, Alcorn fifteen and eleven, Grambling State eighteen and eight, and um, on social media, I think it was a, a, a Twitter by what was it? Small conference. Uh, they, they look at small conferences or uh, mid majors, and Alcorn State wasn't in their rankings, but they had grabbed the state. And I tweeted the guy, why not Alcorn State? And he just said the resume looks better for Grambling State. And I think he was looking at the non-conference victors that they got, they picked up, but some will come back and say Alcorn State, they're number one in the conference right now. So who's the best? Who would you rank number now, one? I, I think they have proven that they are the two best teams in the league right now. And I would right. love for them to, to meet in the conference championship and, and, and to settle that issue. But but you, you gotta give you gotta let Alcorn has to be the best team. They're number one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're in that position. So you 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 gotta give them their respect. But I'm telling you, Gremlin is right there with them. Neither team can slip up coming down this stretch now. You, you you got you got what four games left or three in some cases. Neither team can slip up. If 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 Alcorn is not is not on their A game, if they lose, Ramblin' will catch it. So you got to be ready to play. Well, let me rephrase it. Who ends up being the number one seed? Alcorn or Gramlin State? Well, in order, guess, in order for the, I guess I'm trying to be messy here, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, the Braves do have a tiebreaker on Grambling because we beat them in the one meeting, so we can finish tied. And if you want to see it, Alcorn be the number one, all, we'll number see, one seed. Right, but I will right. say this about Grambling: Grambling can just let it rip. You know, and, and I go back in history. Grambling has won the regular, <laughs> Grambling won the regular season championship when they were ineligible to go to the postseason. They were on probation, and they went to Alabama and won two games and won the regular season, yep. and it didn't even matter. So, you know, yep. Gremlin could just let it rip. And they had a lead against us late when we played over there, mm-hmm. and we just made plays. And want, matter of fact, Christian missed three free throws in the final eight seconds that would have tied the game. Mm. So, you know, we just escaped the Hobby Arena with a win that day. So I would say right now the two best teams are Alcorn and, and Gremlin. 
but Landon Bussey is 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 okay, but I I've been around him. He's not happy. He's not happy because this team can play so much better. This team should have a, a little bit of a better edge right now. You got experience that won it last year, the regular season, that we should be in a little bit better place mentally and just the focus. You know, that's just how he is. And, you know, his former place of employment, former boss and Coach Smith here today, you know, he, you know, he's got a lot of fire in his belly today. So I think right now I would say the Braves, we won a lot of close games on the road. FAMU, Bethune, Cookman played our best game of conference by far last week. And I just interviewed Coach Bussey a little while ago, and he said, can, we, can that great performance against Jackson State, he said it was tremendous a tremendous performance a week ago. Can you follow that up today? Tough to do. Tough to do because Prairie View's desperate to get in the tournament. They're not in yet. They could fall completely off out of the top eight if, if they stumble. So they've got a lot to play for. So do we. So it, it, it's going to be pretty intense, really, Coach, all throughout. I mean, because team's not playing well. Jackson's stumbling. Southern is stumbling. Yeah. Um, right. You know, so, it, it, you know, these are two teams that, you wouldn't expect that to happen. And so I think you're going to see a lot of desperate teams out here trying to trying to at least turn turn the ship and point this thing in the right direction in the last week. Right. And, and Charles, if you if there were if there was were a trap game, this would be the trap game for Alcorn. And 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 the only mm. reason why I'm saying that is because Coach Smith and Coach Bussy know each other so well yep. that there's not going to be any secrets. See, they're not going to be any secrets when it comes to what they're going to try to get done on the court. So if there was a trap game, this would be the trap game for Alcorn. So to me, the championship for the SWAT will be determined this weekend. Because if Alcorn can hold serve at home, they're home free. But this game today is a very, very crucial game. It's a trap game. You got to be careful. And Texas Southern, I will speak up right. for them, a dangerous right. opponent. And, right. you know, the regular season, Graham, uh, Alcorn, excuse me, state the defending regular season champion. But then you wipe the slate clean in the tournament. Thus, we won't have that discussion again. You know how I feel about the regular season champion versus the tournament champion. But I'm in the minority on that. It's It won't change. I can threaten to hold my breath, to go to Tibet, <laughs> become a monk. It's not going to happen. So, in other words, you got to live with it. So the tournament champion versus the regular season champion. And, and, and next week, I may be prepared to give you the tournament champion. I may be prepared. I still like Grandma State. That's my hint. But Alcorn, I love what they're doing. And Coach Bussett. And Charles, you were there. Charles, why are you looking up like that? You know I can see you. <laughs> Look, you, you, you weren't here last week, uh, uh, unfortunately. But we brought up, and well, I brought up, I'm going to say we, how long? I talked to some all-core nights, and they love what's going on, but they're nervous. They're nervous because Coach Bussy, they feel like somebody's going to come and the days that Alcorn will be numbered. Now, you have a working relationship with him. You know him well. It, it could be easy for me to say from the outside looking in, he loves his situation. And that may be the case. But 
when someone else comes and offer, he's got to take a look at it. Will his day, are his days numbered at all, Corn? I mean, let me rephrase it, not numbered. How long can you expect him to be at Alcorn before someone comes and inquire about his services? Um, I have not talked to him about that, and that's a that's a point I am going to bring up um, later in this when the season's over. Um, I, I have read on social media in terms of the hot and up and coming coaches. Landon Bussey's name is, is, is mentioned. Um, I do know that there was a program that came that was looking hard at Landon Bussey that hired a coach um, and yep. was very impressed with that with with Landon Bussey. Um, but I do think that. If he wins another regular season title, goes to the SWAC, um, wins the SWAC tournament, and does a little bit of damage, I do think that there will be a lot of offers out there. I mean, you're seeing coaches getting let go now, um, you know, towards the end of the season. Ole Miss just let their coach go yesterday. I think Rick Pitino is going to be available. I think he'll probably not be there, but we're talking about a whole other matter. But Landon Bussey is a good coach, very passionate, fiery. You see it. You see the results on the court. He's turned it around fairly quickly. And so I think because of that, I think it'll get a lot of attention. You know, if, if he gets what he's asking for, he can get the players here. And look, he, he told me the other day, we're not the most talented team in the league. He said, he told me that the other day. He said, we but just play, play hard. hard. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and in this conference, you know, we don't talk about that too often. You know, we talk about talented teams not getting there. Right. But this, and he admits he's not the most, we don't have the most talented team. We just play our guts out. And that's helped us win the games in Florida. That that's, that's helped us get back. Yeah, and yeah. so people love that. I think programs love it. I think fans love it. I think ads love it. I think presidents love it. Just his passion. What you see on the sidelines is how his team plays. I mean, he was yelling out a yell after the Jackson State game. You just it it, it would blow the roof off the Williams Activity Center. I mean, I mean, because that was a huge, huge win. For the, for the Braves being their arch rival, considering Jackson came here and came back from four down with 23 seconds left to win the game. So, you know, Landon Bussey is a good coach, a good dude, but he's all business. He told me today, hey, it's, it's nothing personal. It's all about business. And, 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 and that's the way it is in life. And that's, you know, we kind of talked about that quite a bit. So it's, it's nothing personal with these guys. You know, you don't know what's going to be in the starting lineup today. They just finished shoot around. If they weren't focused and ready, the starting lineup will change coming up here the next hour and a half or four, three hours, whatever the time tip-off is. So Landon Bus is a good dude, a good coach. There's no doubt that they're gonna, he's going to get some looks. Uh, I think the university's committed to him. Uh, I think he signed an extension. He got a one-year extension after last year winning the regular season. So he's mm. locked in here for, for a period of time. The most you can get is a four-year deal in the state of Mississippi as far as coaches. You can't get any more than a four-year deal at a time. So he, they may, you know, after this year's up, he wins the regular season, he wins the tournament, he might get another extension and be on a fresh four-year deal. That's just – that's a Mississippi policy, by the way. You know, at other I schools – I one-year extension, Charles. So oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, the most on. you can get is a four-year contract. That's the most you can get. Now, other schools give you 10-year, 8-year, 7, 6, whatever it is. And you and I have discussed that, Carlos. We, we've had conversations about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Uh, I, I think is happy with where we are. I've looked at some of the recruits that he has. There are many scholarships available. We're going to be locked in. This, 
roster for the most part. You got three seniors that will be honored today. He's already said that, you know, there's not many scholarships available because he's got some, some things already in the hopper. So we're going to be good for a while as long as he's the head coach. The question is, will he be here? I hope so. I think fans love him. They love his passion. But we know this is a business. Other opportunities come, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Charles, it, and Charles you talk about passion. He, 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 that passion, the same passion that Coach Whitney had for, for Alcorn and playing in there, that, that's, that's, that's what I see. I, I, I think Coach Bussey is one of the, the best coaches in our league. Uh, and and uh, we, Alabama a and was one of the people that, that really wanted uh, to, to look at Coach Bussey. So uh, uh, he, he, he's going to get some looks after this season. He's going to get win, win or lose, he's going to get some looks. Yeah, I even had a dream. Like a week, a, a week ago, but you know, I, I'm gonna stop right there. Sometimes you don't talk about your dreams. I don't want to get accused of, of tampering, but what I will do is now um, let's talk about load management, Coach Petaway in the NBA. Uh, I had some time off from work this past week. And I'm looking at the national shows, the pundits, and they're talking about load management in the NBA. Quite simply, how I interpreted was this. Fans expect to see a product, and they're not seeing the stars come out. Sometimes they're taking more days off. You know, I can understand injuries. That happens. But sometimes, you know, they don't play back-to-back -back games. And so the question came up in the 80s and the 90s. Their opinion was NBA players were better both mentally and physically. They were tougher. And it kind of, it kind of puts the light on the, 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 the new generation talent. It seems like they don't work as hard as those 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 players in the 80s and the 90s. So that was a term that you load management and it's killing, that's kind of the way they put it, but maybe I'm using a, a too strong of a word. It's disheartening to NBA fans that you, you have like Zion Williams, not just this year, but he's had injury problems. He's a star, everybody would agree with that. Anthony Davis is a star. They just don't seem to be as tough physically and mentally. Coach Petaway, are, are those pundits just crazy as hell and way off base? No, they they, they have a legitimate gripe. Because as a fan, you, you think about this. Uh, you got kids out there that save up to get to an NBA game. Uh, let, 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 I'm going to just use Atlanta as an example, the city of Atlanta. I live in in Atlanta, and I know that the Lakers are coming to town uh, next next month. So I've mm -hmm. saved up, I've saved up my money to buy you know a hundred, almost two hundred dollar ticket to come because I want to see LeBron. You know, I, I want to see him before his career is over with. And when the Lakers get to uh, Atlanta, LeBron decides that this is one of the games that he wants to sit out. Now, to mm -hmm. me, I think I think fans should be compensated when they buy a ticket 
to see a star from an opposing team or the home team Reduce and they're the not ticket. there i mean not not if it's an injury that's one thing but this low management thing oh no they should mm. get a refund they, they they should be they should be compensated for that I, i'm in agreement i don't i don't like to see the the nba stars take so many days off i mean i i think i think if you're gonna do it do it at your for your home game not at not at the away games your home your home crowd has more than one opportunity to see you but when you go to mm -hmm. a visiting city that might be your only time in that city for that person that 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 bought that ticket so i think the nba has a problem they're gonna have to look at this i think when they when they bring up the uh the the collective bargaining agreement again mm -hmm. i think that's going to be that's going to be part of it availability of players mm. you know that you know the you know Kyrie and 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 his group of people they have really thrown this thing man they, they've thrown this a big wrench in this thing man but back in the day they keep bringing up the 80s those guys didn't take games off if they were not hurt they showed up and they played every night there was never such a thing as load management that 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 come that kind of stuff has come with these new generation of, of athletes and, and and you're seeing some of that in the colleges now that's why these kids transfer so much because you don't have any any small thing and it throws them off they, they want to leave because they see any adversity you, you can't have that and now these same kids that are doing it in college they're making it to the nba and now that's why you got what's called load management we're taking time off so that a guy can rest so we're having ready for the playoff well if you rest mm. too much during the regular season you ain't gonna make the playoff if you rest too much during the regular season you're not gonna make the playoff and i think it's bad business that's a bad business model man the, the, these fans the fans got to get together and start protesting mm -hmm. they got to protest well, bring the, bring the ticket prices down bring the ticket prices down you guys want low management lower the prices of the tickets well coach so i that, see that's a big problem it's a big problem yeah and, and one of the ticket prices mentioned a, a discount 25 percent off that yeah one of the guys say you'll see how quickly things get changed for yep. for that reason charles it's a I, I never heard of the concept till i was you know watching the show load management i mean i know what load means i know what management means but together it was very interesting and um it, it's hurting the nba yeah, I was looking at a story the other day and they were talking about when did the whole load management, who started it, what team started it. And and uh it was it was revealed that the San Antonio Spurs back in the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker era, when when Pop would sit those guys out, that's when it started. And it just has snowballed, you know, into what it is. Yes, the fans are getting cheated because you're only gonna you know, I know my buddy Emmanuel Barnes is planning on going to a couple of NBA games in the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to Memphis and some other place. And I'm sure he wants mm -hmm. to see the stars. And if they don't play and ticket prices being what they are, you do feel cheated as a fan. But then on the other side of it, on the other side of it, you have players like LeBron and others that are saying, hey, I was brought here to win a championship. 
So if, if I'm rested and I bring you a championship, does the load management argument go away? If I've hoisted a championship and brought, brought you a ball, brought you a chip, does the load management conversation come up? Now, it works both ways. You can be too rested and not win a chip, or you could be worn out and not win a chip. So that argument works both ways. But I think these players are so empowered today, right now, with the new CBA that may change. They feel like they need to sit out certain games to rest their bodies, to get ready for the playoffs. They're going to do that because – just think, just think how many people are responsible for LeBron James. How many jobs are on the line if LeBron James goes down? Head coach, assistant coaches, other players. So I, I do think this load management thing is something that, that needs to be dealt with. I do think the owners have the power to, 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 to put in some, some, some parameters, but I don't see a whole lot changing. I really don't. The players have the power. The owners have the money, but the players have the power. So the question is, who's where's the middle ground? There's going to be a little bit of middle ground somewhere in this next CBA. I don't know what it's going to look like, though, because mm. playing 82 games today is not the same as it was when Michael Jordan and Larry Bird played those same 82 games. It's not the same. So I'm 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 a, I'm riding the fence on both sides as a fan. What? Yeah. I, no, don't ride. I no, see- don't don't ride the fence. Take a position. <laughs> Take a position, well, Charles. I, I, my my position. <laughs> I want to see a, I want to see a championship. I want to see a championship. And if it means that certain players are going to take a game or two off to rest them for the run, because that's all we talk about anyway as a fan, is the championship, is the playoffs, are the playoffs, excuse me. That's all we're talking about. So, yes, if if LeBron has played four games in six days or whatever the case and he, and he needs a day off, I am I am all in favor of it. But right now, LeBron's not going to take any time off because the Lakers are struggling just just to make the play in. So I don't think LeBron's going to take much time off right now. But if, if I mean, even if you're in Golden State, you know they're struggling to make it. I mean, but if you're Giannis, if you're Jimmy Butler, uh, I mean, some of the top players in the league, if 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 you need a day off, and I know it's tough, it's tough, but you got to That's something that has to be done. But as a fan, I want to see championships. I'm looking at the back end of it. I'm looking at what's going to happen in the playoffs because that's all we talk about. And that's what I'm I'm all about, championships. That's what I'm about as a fan. So if LeBron needs a day off to save his legs for a potential game seven, Lakers versus Golden State, and that day off that he got at the end of the regular season helps on the back end, I'm all for it because no one's going to really talk about that anyway. It's all about hoisting that trophy, winning that championship. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's unfortunate. Fans get punished for it. Yes, I'm a fan too. Yes. But I also want to see my team, my city win a championship. And if that's what it takes, I'm all for it. Hey, hey wow. but Charles, let me ask you this though. Hey, Charles, I, I don't understand how me taking off, how a player taking off a couple of games in January is going to help him in June. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't see that. See, I, I don't, the, the, the load management, if we were closer to the playoffs, you've already got the title wrapped up. Okay, that and I think that's what happened in San Antonio's case. Pop had already, the, 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 the Spurs already had the number one seed, and he wanted to rest his his, his uh, big two. Uh, and I may have been big three then. Might have been Ginobili, Parker, and Tim Duncan. And he rest them. In fact, he sent them back. He sent them back mm-hmm. home uh, to get rest. 
But now, if that that was closer to the playoffs, that I can see. But when you're talking about games here in January and February, playoffs don't start until June. I I I, I don't buy too much of that. And then it, it, when you start comparing eras, back in the '80s, they didn't have all these charter flights, man. They didn't have where they would leave it, where, where they could leave out after the game and go back home or go to the next city. To, to me, times are easier for the athletes now in the NBA and also in college the same way. Uh, you know, because you got to think about it now. When we started out back in the day, we were in vans. We traveled in vans. Now they're on charter planes. Now they're on uh, uh, sleeper buses and all this kind of stuff. So times are a lot easier in terms of travel and, and accommodations for athletes on the collegiate level and the NBA. Man, on the NBA, them guys, they don't wish they don't wish for anything, man. Because they mm-hmm. they, they got the big jets uh that can whisk them away an hour, two hours after the game, they gone. So so to me, there's gotta be, I agree with you, there's gotta be a happy medium, but between the in the uh the owners and the players association, man, they gotta they gotta do something else, they're gonna lose these fans. They're gonna lose yeah. the fans. When, when it comes to people uh, wanting to come out to see people, uh, the stars play, and they're not playing, and they're not injured. See, I, I think yeah. that's what upset people. You you find out that the, that the star is not injured. He's just taking time off. Well, why didn't he do that yeah. at home? Not not coming to our city. So so that it, it, it is going to it's a big problem, and I don't think any of us going to have that answer. They got to sit down and negotiate it and come up with with, with something that both that everybody can can uh, uh agree with well and, I, and better, I, I do think and they better be very, the and they better be very careful yeah the product is hurt already i mean the nba all-star game was the lowest rated i mean we all know what the all-star yeah. game looked like i mean was it wasn't a game a at all that's a joke yeah, they don't yeah, even need to yeah. have that yeah the slam dunk contest i mean you you you, you saw that the stars weren't in that um, and even the product itself, because of load management, ratings are down, um, prices are up. You're paying these all these athletes. So, you know, the bottom line is being impacted now. And I do think something will be done. Uh, just as a fan myself, in terms of what where I feel about it, I, I'm just a fan, and I want to see the I want to see my team. What you know, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan. I love the Lakers. Always have, always will. With Kareem and Magic back in the day. LeBron now, even though it's a whole different situation. I just love the Laker brand, period. I love that purple and gold for various reasons. I love the Laker purple yeah. and gold. But I, 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 and it's tarnished, but go ahead. You're in 13th place <laughs> right now. Hey, but look, yeah, hey, you got the best of both worlds. Hey, look, one purple and gold is in first. They always in 13th. So, so you're not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and guess what? I mean, it, in the old school, it, you can rest for one, two weeks after the season. Because how many times we talk about it? LeBron, give him credit. He takes very little time off. He's, Charles, he's, he's what, 37, 38? Mother Nature's undefeated. But, yeah, to, coach, yeah. but to Coach Petaway's point, we're not really talking about, per se, injuries, albeit Zion Williams has missed over 100 games in three years. Anthony Davis. But those are injured. But just taking time off, you can rest in the off season, buddy. Yep. 
Yep. You can rest in the offseason. You, you had a great product. Don't mess it up, but it, it's trending in the wrong way. And, Charles, shame on you. You just worried about championships? Okay. <laughs> I want to see Jimmy Butler play every night. Well, well your mind is in seventh night. place. So, yep, they're in seventh place. Well, you know so what I mean. They, they, they complain <laughs> about back. They complain about back-to-back games, and the '80s and the '90s players were tougher mentally, physically. Maybe players are bigger now and and, and more talented to a per se. But I'm gonna go with the '80s and '90s guys. Just a different mindset. Give me those dogs like that. And they've whipped the stars now. Just <laughs> I'm not going to ride the fence. I'm going to take a position. They're better. They're better without a doubt. Okay, we got to wrap tougher. this one up. Go tougher, ahead. Tougher, tougher. Tougher. Tougher, I, I agree with that. and physically. I agree with that. Uh, There's no on doubt. That note, on that note, it was interesting. Interesting conversation. <laughs> I appreciate it. Coach Pettaway, we'll see you next week, my man. All right, well, one, one, one bit of good information uh, is 9-3 Southern, the Southern Jags are, are up over Bethune-Cookman. I got to go talk to Coach Fonchez, too. I, I got to <laughs> equally yoke, equally yoke, uh, and Coach Woods. At the end of the All season, right. the AD has to sit down and, you know, look at uh, the overall situation of the program. I know coaches are humans as well. I hope the best for Coach Fontes and Coach Woods. How about that? All right. All right. Am I too tough? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> You're tough as nails, Carlos. You're uh, hardliner. No, <laughs> I, I, I got a heart this big, this big. But, uh, Coach Petaway, we'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend and continue to be right, safe, you and your family. All right. All right. Thank you. You guys take care, man. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. Let's see if we got BJ waiting. I know we were a little uh, long-winded on that segment, but uh, we'll see. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before.
shot. Carlos Brown Shep right here on the Black College Sports Network. We're now going to be joined by Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Good afternoon, B.J. Long time no seeing here. Oh, man, it's been too long, man. It's been too long. Well, I understand life uh, carries on. We have more obligations. We have a growing families in most cases. So we appreciate the time. Um, BJ, HBCU Legacy Bowl. What does that mean? What does that mean to BJ Jones? Oh man, we get a get a chance to see some of the best and brightest in black college football um audition, uh interview for the next level. Um and uh not only the NFL, but Coach Dooley talked about the Fortune five hundred companies that were there and you also have the USFL, the XFL now. Um, so very, very important event, class event, um, to give guys a, a leg up, an opportunity um, at the next level, no matter what, where that may be. Yep, good point, because I was told uh, each NFL team has a representative there. It's a chance to uh, get an opportunity and showcase um, your, your, your talents. Have you heard of any particular player that has kind of had a good showing or a surprise some of the, uh, the the scouts with their performances or with their practices this week? Um, I've been hearing about a few. One is uh, Xavier Smith from FAMU. Well, I'm not surprised about it. We're talking about three straight thousand yards that receiving uh, seasons. Uh, I think that a young man is special. Uh, he's a guy that has really jumped out. Um, Start here a lot of buzz tackles Southern University um, and, and what he's able to do with his athleticism. Um, Cameron uh, Peterson, uh, Cam Peterson, um, another one uh, that, you know, been hearing about. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's, there's been, a, you know, a few of those kids that have really, uh, really, you know, kind of put themselves in the position uh, where people, they, they, they have eyebrows raised. Um few guys from uh, I know there's a uh, a running back probably from Bowie State um, that really jumped on the screen I think Wednesday around, around midweek. Um, so it, there's been a few guys. There's been a few guys. And, and, and BJ Charles, this is an opportunity also for 
those, those CIAA and those SIAC players to kind of quote unquote be on the stage, you know, with with their counterparts from the SCS level. So it is again an opportunity uh, for them to showcase their talents. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I mean, I'm I just I just like this concept overall. I mean, I think it's great to have the NFL Network be a part of it, you know, and then the opportunities in terms of the pregame stuff and what you've done the last couple of days in terms of showcasing your interview skills and your talent. Great job, Doug Williams, and, you know, everybody that's involved there. And, look, there are more opportunities. The XFL, I mean, they, they, they've mm-hmm. kicked off. you got the CFL. you got the NFL. And, again, like I said last hour, you got some NFL teams that's not even going to the combine coming up. You know, the Packers are one of them. They're not sending anyone but the general manager. But to have coaches and personnel there at this Legacy Bowl says that there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of good talent that needs to be cultivated there. So it's just a matter of taking a look at it. And, I, and I'm glad to see that. Because I was kind of concerned about it personally, Carlos, to see whether this would get off the ground and be you know, a sustainability type of an event. And apparently it will be, and I, I'm glad to see it. Oh, yeah. They, they've done a uh, great job, Shaq Harris and, you know, the city of New Orleans corporate sponsorship. So I, I think it's here to to, to stay. Uh, visiting with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Uh, B.J., we often talk about football is a year-round uh, program. You have a lot of people interested in what's going on. As we go into the 2023 spring season and practices, um, talk about a couple of teams or who you believe has a lot riding on, on, on their spring sessions? I think we may have lost BJ there. We'll see if we, he reboots right right quick. But um, I, I asked BJ about, you know, going into to the spring season. And, it, and it's so important. You know, I'm kind of old school with the spring sessions. Um, I, I would like the 30 days. I think when BJ played, it was 30 days. Those days are long gone. Conveniency now with spring practice. But BJ, what teams, uh, ha- they have a lot to showcase of importance going into the spring session? Well, BJ's in, in, in traveling in route. Uh, another bad spot, I guess. Um, but, but Charles, we've often talked about in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, there, there are teams that are looking to, to look at their quarterback position. I mean, you have some teams uh, last year came back with uh, quarterbacks that had experience and been in the program a while. But now you're looking at uh, specific programs that are now going to break in a new quarterback. And by the way, Bashawn McCray, who was in the transfer portal, picked up an offer from the Citadel. So we can yep. look at several teams that are going to be looking, Southern Alcoin being one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably more uncertainty this year than what we talked about 12 months ago. You know, we, we, we talked about Aaron Allen at Alcorn last year. We talked about the situation at Southern last year. But you got new coaches. You got new coaches. You got new quarterbacks. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so there's there's more uncertainty this year 
than there was last year. I mean, T.C. Taylor coming on board there. Who's going to be the quarterback of Jackson State? If Shadour Sanders is gone, so who, who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback at Southern? Who's going to be the quarterback at Alcorn? Who's going to be the quarterback at Bethune-Cookman? Who's going to be the quarterback at UAPB? You know, Calvin's at Grambling. You got an NIL deal. Looks like he's going to be the guy. But, you know, who, there's a lot more uncertainty this year than it was 12 months ago. And I think that, you know, it, it's going to be hair pulling in the spring. But then, you know, coaches are really going to commit to a lot in the spring. And they're just going to let it play out through the summer and fall. So I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of questions. I don't know about BJ, but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, probably more so than we've seen even 12 months ago as we sat here. Well, well, BJ, uh, I don't know how much you, you, you heard of that. But I'll just say this for the record. I'll turn the floor over to you. I feel it very excited about the situation at Southern University. I think the room is, talent-wise, is much better. But that's just me. You have the floor, BJ. Absolutely. Uh, oh, hey, Southern won't have a quarterback issue this, this year. That, that's for certain. Um, definitely upgraded in talent there. My question marks from Southern – how do you Uh, well, BJ's, we lost him again. He's breaking up. Uh, we'll, we'll bring him back next week uh, when he's probably in a better location. But Charles, you had that expression on your face when he's uh, <laughs> when he said Southern won't have that problem at quarterback. But I, I, I said I'm much more excited knowing what I know and what's what's in the quarterback room. But, I, you know, I can only just speak for Southern on that part. I can give opinions on everything else. So I guess I guess for, for you, you're excited about the talent. But if the system is still the same, are you excited about it? Mm -hmm. So you're excited about the whole deal, the whole, the whole, the whole shebang as far as Southern is concerned. I'm specifically happy with the talent in the room that's there. Now, of course, they got to prove it on the field. You got Noah Bolden, who, from all accounts, he's he's confident. It's, it's his job to lose. You got Donald, a transfer from uh, UAB. Then you also have the the, the young, uh, well, I guess he'll be a redshirt freshman, Washington at quarterback. And then you got Harold Blood who's been in the program quite a while, but make no mistake about it. My opinion is this, and I, and I think Coach Dooley, he may not admit it, but I think he learned a valuable lesson last, last year. But talent-wise, being able to make – and, of course, I think they'll tweak a few things. But, yeah, that's why I use the word I'm very excited but because they got to prove it on, on, on the field, and spring practice is the way to uh, start it. Now, with Jackson State – if you believe in TC, tell our trust. Offensive guy himself, you think he's going to have the right way of doing things and putting a quarterback in place. They've got talent, no doubt about it. Um, who else? Texas Southern. They bring back an experienced quarterback. Very athletic. Andrew Body. So, from an offensive standpoint, they should be fine, but there are going to be other question marks on that team. Like Southern will have question marks, Alcorn will have question marks, 
Jackson State. Spring is a time where you start the process. And many people believe the spring is where championships are won. I'm sure you've heard that cliche before. So uh, through, throughout the land, if you have a quarterback, an experienced quarterback, that's great. If you got to bring in a quarterback, I think you have to have, and, and I will agree with something Coach Sanders said, you got to have a quarterback that can spin it, that can make the throws. And these quarterbacks that are quarterbacks, but it's athletes playing quarterbacks, I know that's still popular. But I want a quarterback that can spin it, make all of the throws, and, and, and can lead the team. I'm excited. That's the word I use, Charles. <laughs> the, the quarterback room at, at, at Southern University. Yeah, I, you know, for 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 me, I've I'm excited to see some football in the spring, but I, I kind of look at towards the end of spring, and I kind of look at the beginning of fall camp, because you know you you have to continue to mold and develop and coach up and scheme during the summer and during the you know summer conditioning. So I'm ex I'll be excited once Ray's spring practice starts, which is April first. Uh, Coach McNair announced that April first will be uh, will, will be when things kind of. Well, I think oh, that's the spring games April first, but they'll be you know getting yeah. on the field here shortly. Um, but I'm, I'm just anxious to see just some football to see how this because for us we got Jarvion Howard in the backfield. Our defense was really good at the end. We got two new defensive coaches. That continuity is going to take a little time, but uh, the quarterback position is key for us. If we can get a quarterback, a, a true dual threat like a Felix Harper or something, or John Gibbs, if you go back, we get that with a favorable home schedule. I think we're going to make some noise in the Western Division. We shall see. There are a lot of too early predictions out. We will make our predictions when the time is right. want to thank all of our guests. Uh, we're sorry about B.J. Jones, but we'll – Attempt to get him back next week, and uh, maybe he's in a better situation where he can uh, talk with us. want to thank Coach Van Petaway, of course, Charles Epman, and everyone who tuned in today. Last but not least, Melody, uh, producer, bang-up job, a young lady behind the scenes, but her importance cannot be stated enough. We couldn't do it without her. On that note, make sure you tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next Saturday, as you see Charles with the chant, boy, I tell you, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Until next time, as always, peace. And God bless. Look at him. <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. Go <laughs> <Your> dad. <laughs>